Once upon a time, in the land of tomorrow, the bell rang for what must have been the zillionth time that day. The old watchman of the gate rose from his seat at the magnificent entranceway and swung open the heavy golden gates, standing there in front of him, resplendent in the colours of his regiment stood a tall, muscular man, his chest glistening with a myriad reflections that silently informed the old watchman that in front of him stood a man who had faced many storms in the desert. His face, however, mirrored bewilderment. He seemed a little sad, a little perplexed. A trace of anger could be seen on his furrowed brow. He seemed uncertain, unsure. Where am I? Who are you? And what is this place? he asked. The old watchman smiled. Well, my friend, he said, this is the better of the two options you have when you leave the place you just left. This is the land of sorrow-free living, the land where anger, grief and pain find no place. This is the land of calm repose. But tell me, my friend, your face tells the story of pain, betrayal and anger. What brought on those dark emotions that have, that have so marred your visage? I don't know, replied the newcomer. No, that's not true. I do know, but I don't understand. I was one of the elite, the shrewdest tactician in the armed forces. I had one of the most astute commanders-in-chief, and yet, and yet his actions over the last couple of days had me perplexed. I was out in the battlefield working on a strategy when my commander told me to go back home. On reaching home, I was greeted by the commander-in-chief himself, who told me to go and spend the night at home. Now, we all know that's a no-no. That kind of thing is just not done, especially when the troops are out there on the field. So I slept in front of the chief's house, along with his own bodyguards. But the next day turned out to be even stranger than the one before. This time, I was wined and dined, and if I wasn't so tipsy, I could have sworn that I was being given more of the hard stuff than I could take. Again, I was told to go home. But how could I? My comrades were out there. My conscience wouldn't allow it. And so I found a corner near the garrison steps and worked off my drunken stupor in sleep. But the day brought with it yet another strange command. My chief sent me back. Get back to the battlefront, I was told. And when I did, I was shocked at the treatment I received. Now, now listen, I'm no rookie. I earned these medals you see glistening on my chest. I rose through the ranks. I planned strategy. Arm-to-arm -arm combat just wasn't my present style. And yet, here I was, sent off on a foolhardy mission that any thinking man in his right senses would have known he would never return from. I could have questioned it. I didn't. After all, I was one of the elite and implicit obedience was part of our training. And the last thing I heard as I went into battle were the poignant lines that Lord Tennyson would one day write. Volley to the left of them, volley to the right of them. 
into the valley of death rode the 600 except it was just me he paused and his shoulders went into a stoop as if the very reliving of this experience had sapped him of all energy the watchman put his arm around him and led him through the gate what was your name again he asked what did they call you down on earth the shoulders squared his drooping form came erect and with eyes that blazed with pride he said they called me Uriah the Hittite oh then you know David Israel's greatest king the watchman exclaimed ah oh, I thought I did replied Uriah his thoughts a million light years away I thought I did Friends, I claim poetic license in writing on Uriah's death in the context of David and Bathsheba's relationship, which you can find in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. But here's the point. Sin infects and affects. And sometimes we forget that the consequences of our sin touch others. And who knows, maybe... This is the time to turn the spotlight on our own lives and ask ourselves how our continued indulgence of sin or doing wrong or going against the will of God is affecting others around us. Anger that's affecting the peace at home. Jealousy that is putting a strain on a relationship. Gossip that is threatening to tear the very fabric of family and community and the list could go on David David needed the prophet Nathan to make him realize the extent of his duplicity and I pray that the Lord would search our hearts and reveal to us those things that we need to deal with today the things that are and might be affecting others Heavenly Father Turn the spotlight on our lives and show us if there's anything that is causing other people to be affected in harmful ways because of our sin, because we're doing what's wrong, because we're not following your will. Show us those areas, Lord, and help us quickly ask for your forgiveness and write this wrong. Help us, we pray in the name of Jesus and may your joy and your peace flood our lives and the lives of our loved ones once again. Amen.